It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I have a dear friend and longtime associate on several guild uh, committees, Deborah Calla on the line. She's a writer, producer, and CEO of the very well-respected Media Access Awards. Deb, thank you. I know you are swamped right now, um, but I appreciate you coming on the show. We have a lot to talk to people about. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me on. I'm laughing because I'm just really picturing what your days are like right now. Um, Let's talk about the Media Access Awards and tell people who might not know what they are and when you started them. Well, actually, the Media Access Award started uh, in 1979 with Norman Lear and Fernfield when they realized that people with disabilities had no representation. Now, if we take in consideration the largest minority in the country and obviously in the United States are made out of people with disabilities, having no representation has a huge impact socially, culturally, and financially. So Norman Lear, who is the father of American television and, you know, a a very socially engaged human being, socially and politically engaged human being, um, realized that there's there's something that needed to be done for disability. So they created the Media Access Awards, which was an awards event that honored writers, producers, directors, um, actors, casting directors who advanced the portrayal and employment of people with disabilities. Um, so that ran to about 2007. People got old, <laughs> and you know, funding <laughs> went away. <laughs> I mean, Norman is now 96. No, so he was like, oh, oh yeah. So, oh my goodness! And, and he's amazing. He's still active. He is very much active. He, um, you know, he just had the. Um, the Netflix series that just ended now, and he's doing, you know, um, shows with Shonda Rhimes. I mean, he's very, very active. So uh, in 2007, it was the end of the Media Access Awards. And uh, what happened was, at the time, I was the chair of the Diversity Committee of the Producers Guild, which it was a position that I held for 14 years to 2014. And with my colleagues that were, you know, the chairs or the directors of diversities of the other unions and guilds, we had done one event uh, on March 8th, which was International Women's Day, And it was um, called the Afghan Women's Writing Stories. And it was an amazing thing because it was the first time that the DGA, the Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, SAG-AFTRA, we all came together and said, let's put an event together. So we had these poems and short stories of women in Afghanistan. And this is 2010. we, you know, we decided to have a, a a staged reading of those stories, and we had these major 
actors, you know, uh, reading their stories, and we had a set, and we did it at the Museum of Tolerance, and it was unbelievable. Mm. It was such a moving and impactful event that we all sat around after and said, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) So someone said, you know, there was this event for people with disabilities. Why don't we do something like that again? And that was the uh, comeback of the Media Access Awards, which was meant to be a one-off in 2010. And I remember sitting there with, you know, I don't know, 75 people from all the guilds and having Xeroxed some programs and, <laughs> um, and watching, you know, the impact of what we were doing in the people there. And I was hooked. So 11 years later, I'm still here doing the Media Access Awards. Now, last year, we had, you know, a huge event for 500 people. um, And it was a dinner with major stars. And Jimmy Kimmel has hosted. And... um, and it's, you know, we, we uh, stream on Facebook and Instagram and it's live and it's like huge screens with d- digital images, uh, everything moving and music and, and it's a huge production. And that was, uh, you know, 10 years of labor of love. And we have really, truly impacted Um, the way people think of disabilities in media. We have inspired other writers, producers, directors, casting directors to be more involved. I mean, we've heard from, um, you know, Peter Fairley and Shonda Rhimes and many other people how important and how impactful and how they change their ways of thinking of casting um, and we've grown from just an awards event to also, you know, creating a best practices guide to um, to interviewing and employing uh, writers with disabilities, which, you know, the 2019 edition was used by the Writers Guild for their showrunners program. Uh, we also have partnered up with the Blacklist and Easter Seals and have created uh, the best unproduced pilots and scripts that have uh, disabilities as a major point, not not focused on disabilities, but having characters with disabilities, and we're getting ready this year to do our second list. And we've also launched a interview series, and we have one interview a week on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and our site with a a person with disabilities. Um, Last one we did was Ryan O'Connell, the creator of the Netflix series uh, special, which was nominated for an Emmy last year. So we've become very, very active and various fronts in terms of really pushing forward our mission of inclusion of disabilities in media. 
You have always had such a big heart, Deb. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you do. And um, you do your work with such caring and respect and love for other people. And you're just a damn fine producer. Pardon my French. Um, So this is all coming into play with this. I, I, I love this. So, Deborah, talk to us about just give us some examples of the kinds of shows and the kinds of people who were honored last year during the 2019 Media Access Awards? Well, one that that I'm really excited about um, was the Media Access Awards Visionary Award that was given to David Shore, the creator of The Good Doctor. Um, While the main character is who has autism is not played by an actor with autism, which we really, um, we really ask producers and writers to be authentic with casting. But in the case of The Good Doctor, The Good Doctor, um, um, most of the time, is actually the number one show in the world. And what The Good Doctor made was bring someone with autism to everyone's homes all over the world without the stigma of autism. So while in, you know, if you don't know a person who is autistic and also there are very various levels of autism, but, you know, it just made it more comfortable for people uh, that don't have any contact with autism to understand that people with autism have great capacity great possibilities and that we just need to be open to relate to people in the way that they are, that we can't put everyone in the same box because we are all different, not just physically different. We are psychologically different. We are emotionally different. We all have different backgrounds, different histories, things that make us tick in a different way. So I love that we gave that award to the good doctor, Mm -hmm. to David Shore, because he brought that home. And actually in 2018, we gave to Simon Cowell. And I, (laughs) I know that most people think of him as like this tough person, but, but stop a minute and watch America's Got Talent. You have people that come from all walks of life, of all races, you of do. all backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, you really do. <laughs> and everyone is treated the same. Everyone is given an opportunity. In 2018, the winner of uh, Britain's Got Talent was a person with disabilities. Um, in 2016, the runner-up, it was a person with disabilities. There's so many people with disabilities that have won the show. Um, in 2019, um, a person with disabilities also won America's Got Talent. So, I mean, he's really turning entertainment on its head, and it was really Amazing for us to give him an award in 2018 for being a visionary. And what he said was that it was the greatest honor of his life. Oh. Um, it was really moving. Oh. Um, yeah. We, you know, and last year we gave, for example, uh, SAG after uh, award to Niall DeMarco, who is um, a model. Um, 
he's gorgeous, he's uh, uh, deaf, and he won uh, Next Big Model, I forget what year, and he's an actor, and he's, you know, he's really uh, embraces who he is and the fact that he's deaf, and it's really awesome to see him, um, you know, see his activism and see how, you know, how he sees himself. And it's, I hate to work, to, to use the word inspiring because people with disabilities are not meant to inspire anybody, but I'm, I'm going to use it here. It's inspiring to see someone really uh, own up who they are. And that's why I'm going to use the word inspiring in terms, you know, related to Niall DeMarco. So, I mean, we have, um, you know, and, and last year too, we, we awarded the producers uh, uh, with the producers guild of America, George Sunga award. We uh, awarded the producers of the peanut butter Falcon, uh, which was, you know, a small film, um, that had a main character with a character with Down syndrome. Um, and it was a fantastic film. Sweet film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, the main character was not there to make, you know, the other people feel good about themselves. He was just, you know, it was a uh, Huckleberry Finn type of film where he had a dream and he was not going to stop at anything. And along the way, he picked up some people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved that movie. I I just loved that movie. Yeah. It was really good. And it, it did change the lives of a lot of people. And um, he ended up being on stage at the Oscars. It was the first time ever that there was a person with down syndrome on an Oscar stage. So, um, and you know, I don't know if that's true, but I'm told that that happened because Zach got Sagan, who is the person with down syndrome, the actor, his mom told me that the Oscars felt like, he could uh, present an award because he had presented at the Media Access Award. So, oh. you know, these are the things that we do. Doesn't that just warm your heart? I mean, really? Uh, with everything going on in the world right now, I think I think this is, is very important. You're such a visionary. Many years ago in the Diversity Committee, uh, boy, I'm remembering some of those meetings and the people that came through the workshops that um, that you were conducting with all of us on the committee and and the people that we were helping every year it's a it's a wonderful memory it really is and some of those people have gone on to do some great things too the the producer skill diversity committee oh my god i mean the creator of swat was a member he went to the workshop the showrunner for the queen of the south was in the program I mean, there's so many people that have gone through the program that have become big names on television and film. So um, it was we we were ahead of uh, of the curve. We knew what needed to be done, and we set ourselves out to do it, and we accomplished quite a lot. 
Um, I think, you know, the industry is catching up with what we started to do back in 2004. <laughs> that was before Me Too and Black Lives Matter and everything else. Yeah. I remember playing some of the videos um, that Kat Landsberg and I were producing for the celebration of diversity and watching because people weren't allowed to see them until the night of the awards. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching, and I'm not going to embarrass them by saying their name, but one of the world's most famous actors sitting at the table watching that movie that we had done in honor of his life's work. And he had tears running down his cheeks. <laughs> it was pretty nice. I mean, just tears of joy. He, he just, uh, he just loved it. And I, I think it gets to the fact that if you just acknowledge who people are inside as people that um, you can empower so many people around you to be the best of who they are. And you've done that your whole career. You need to get a media access award. (laughs) Well, when I get ready to retire or, you know, or, you know, if I die. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You've had quite a journey. You, you started out in Brazil. You were, you're a native of Brazil. Can you tell us about how, how that all happened and how did you even end up in this business? Well, I mean, I, my family um, originally came from Russia and Poland, uh, we're Jewish and, you know, sort of having to leave uh, to stay alive. And, um, you know, so we ended up in Brazil Mm. and it was amazing. It was amazing growing up in Brazil. It was a Brazil that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, because now it's like, so um so rid with um corruption and crime and anyway but it was really a great um great childhood and i um you know i had just gotten into university and i had this thought oh i am going to go to the united states for a couple of months um I, I was a dancer and i thought you know i'm going to take some classes it would be really great but what happened was, here I am, an 18-year-old from Brazil, <laughs> from a Jewish family, where my mom was asking me, what time are you coming back? And if I was five minutes late, she'd be calling, you know, the police station. And I was in New York all by myself, on my own, and I was like, I like this. <laughs> freedom! <laughs> yeah, freedom! And, you know, so... I, you know, I started working uh, in odd jobs and I got a scholarship at ABT and um, in Alvin Ailey. And then I started doing, you know, performance art in different clubs. And, um, you know, I just went on staying and staying and staying and ended up getting married and getting my green card. And so now I can really work. And I fell in love with this country. I fell in love with the opportunity. I fell in love with having the right to. Um, we have the right. The Constitution gives us the right to um, anything. Mm-hmm. If if we can make that happen, that's a different thing. But in theory, this is a beautiful country with all the possibilities in the world. And we are now, um, you know, sort of all that is wrong is coming up and we have to face 
uh, all the race prejudices, gender prejudice, and most importantly, social prejudice, and change that. Um, so I've, you know, that's something that I think also growing up in a country where basically there was no middle class, with the stark uh, difference between poor and rich, and the haves and have-nots and the opportunities were so clear to me that I've always carried that. Um, you know, my family started from, not, from nothing and made something. And uh, But I think the fact that I was white and I was middle class, one of the few, and thus I felt like I have the right to and others didn't was always very clear to me. And I carry that with, within me when I moved here and when I had the opportunity to really put that to service, I did. Well, you're just nonstop. You're also, um, are you still the Brazil chair of the Gene Davis Institute on Gender and Media? Do yeah. you still? Mm -hmm. Oh, just another thing. Like, you don't have enough to do. <laughs> In the middle of all of this, you're also producing films. I mean, you, you just uh, tell us about some of the movies that you have produced. Well, I'm actually now working on a script I wrote uh, with someone else a couple of years back, and I just did a rewrite. It's called Miss Z. Uh, I wrote it with um, Jorge Aguirre. And, um, you know, and, and the, the time is right. It's an all-female cast, all Latinas. And, you know, two years ago, the time was totally wrong now the time is right. So we have attached the director. I have partnered up with another Latino producer, and we are just, you know, uh, taking it out to the different networks and uh, broadcasters and streamers. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great story. Um, you know, it's about a Mexican-American who is grows up ashamed of her heritage and so she creates this whole backstory about being um, from Spain, which is a lot, you know, it's a very fancy and she gets caught. And it's really about her journey, embracing who she is. And I'm, I'm really into these stories of uh, second chances and really um, sort of embracing who you are, honoring your roots, honoring your culture honoring you know where you come from um so anyway so I'm, I'm working on that uh the media access this year because of the pandemic uh we will not have a golden globe uh, you know style of event we're going to have a entirely virtual awards event uh some pre-taped some live so it's really become a tv production mm -hmm. so i'm working on that as well and you know raising money and you know so many other things at the same time it's you know and the blacklist and um you know i keep myself pretty busy um, and I have a pilot um, that I'm also uh, shopping. So, you know, lots of things. Well, I really admire your ability to get things done. So when uh, this is this year, like you say, is going to be uh, basically a television show. Um, when are the Media Access Awards? Tell people when they can expect to look for them. 
It will be on November 18th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are talking to different platforms, but for sure we'll have uh, broadcast on Facebook and Instagram on our Facebook page, Media Access Awards and Instagram and, you know, our website, MediaAccessAwards.com. But it will be November 18th at starting at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I can't imagine one of the networks wouldn't want to run this. I know. I know. Come on, guys. Get up off your chairs. Like I say at the end of every broadcast, I tell everybody, get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. We need to holler that at all the networks. I mean, you wrote uh, Chicano Artists for HBO Latino, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And um, yeah, just we have to give this some thought. This is this is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think what you're doing is very important on many levels. It's, it's important because it's wonderful production, first of all. And it's, it's important because inclusion is important and making people realize that we really are basically all the same. We have cultural differences. You know, we have some differences from where we came from and the way we live our lives, perhaps. But you know, it's like I say, people's hearts are all the same color. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how how much can we grow as human beings when we are able to step outside our experience for a moment and see other people's experiences? How much do we enrich our own lives? This is not a charity thing. It's about, you know, uh, really in reaching our uh, human experience. And hey, you know, in in terms of disabilities, I mean, the buying power of this community is huge. So it's really, you know, about bringing a lot of thoughts together of, of, of new storytelling, of, you know, untapped markets, of really impacting our, you know, our our society. You know, it's just like there's so many check marks. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So do you, how big of a crew do you have to help you with this? Do you need volunteers? I want to put the call out if you're looking for people to help. Well, I mean, as we get closer, we do need help. I mean, we... Um, every year we end up with about 20 volunteers and a production crew, you know, producers and directors and et cetera, about 10. So we, you know, we're usually about 30 people working on this. So I'm just now starting to put together, you know, the crew for November um, in terms, but yes, we'll be looking for, um, volunteers, and I have to say that everyone who has worked at a Media Access Awards asks to come back and says it's one of the most special experiences they've had. <laughs> so, you know, it's really, really amazing. And this year, there's going to be a lot of big surprises, so I'm very, very excited about it. That's awesome. So people, where do people go to keep in touch with what's happening with you and with the awards? Uh, Facebook, uh, our site, Media Access Awards. You know, you can write through the site. That's always the best way because I'm always on and, you know, so. 
And you have a you have a relationship with Easter Seals, but are you also looking for sponsors? Yes, I mean Easter Seals is our major partner sponsor, and we love them. We love them because of our relationship, but mostly because of the work they do. They've been around for over a hundred years now, and the stuff they do uh, is amazing. So my direct connection is with Easter Seals of Southern California. And they do the Media Access Awards with us, but they also do the 48 Easter Seals Visibility Film Challenge, which is actually now in July. Um, and they do so many things. They're really an amazing organization. But yes, we are always looking for sponsors. Mm-hmm. This year we'll have, um, because we are going to be all in a basic television show, We'll have thank you on screen and, you know, we'll have a a digital program. So many ways to promote your company. So many ways that, you know, a company can support inclusion and can support disabilities. You know, and there's nothing wrong with the company contributing simply because it feels good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, with no expectations. I mean, uh, that's really what makes the world work when people pitch in together like that. Um, This is awesome, Deborah. So if you think back over the last, say, 15 years or so, do you have one or two moments that are precious to you that you want to share with us? Like pick one moment with all this work you've been doing, helping other people. Was there a time when it came back to you in an unexpected way or somehow touched your heart? Um. I mean, to me, the most precious moments that I've had have actually come through the activism that I do. Um, you know, and I every year I produce something, I write something. But when somebody looks at you and says to you, you have changed my life, thank you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just I choked. <laughs> yeah, I've had I'm I'm a very fortunate person because I've had those moments and you know, it's always been important to me that you know, I have been of service and that I have tried to leave this planet when my time comes a little bit better than when I found it and not that I'm no major anything. But I have done my my part. I yeah. you know I gave I did something, and that was always important to me. And I've I have that, and so to me those are the most important moments when someone who has been pushed aside their whole lives or not seen say to me, "Thank you. Um, I see you see me," and that's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I hope that you just keep doing what you're doing because it's so important and we do appreciate it and we do see you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Now that I'm crying. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Oh, we have so many reasons to cry these days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about, um, 
you know, the, the years that I was involved with you on that committee and other committees and the celebration before that, it's, it is, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And we need to be reminded, especially now about that and how important it is to kind of all row in the same boat. And I, you know, and thank you. I know you're really, really busy, but I want to encourage everyone listening to go to your Facebook page, Media Access Awards on Facebook. You can also go to Deborah. To, well, actually, it's calaproductions.com, which is your production site, and look at some of the work you've done there. But think about volunteering. Nudge the companies that you work for, possibly to help sponsor this wonderful event. And um, Deborah, thank you so much for taking time to come on. Oh, thank you. I hope we get you. to talk again very soon. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and don't make me cry next time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. my goodness. I promise. Well, Scott's on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, thanks for everything. Big hug to you. We'll talk again very soon. And everyone listening, remember what I always tell you guys listening, get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. And it might even be in your own home, but do something very special for yourself and for the world today. Thanks, Deborah. You take care. Thank you. Thank you.